sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome back to the morning after. It is hour number two live on this Wednesday on SportsGrid. Sirius XM Channel 159. That is the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Spiz Grizz Network. That is SportsGrid. And I am Ben Stevens. On Wednesdays, we like to tell you what else is happening all around the sports world. We will do that here in hour number two. We are just one day away, about 26 hours away from the start of Major League Baseball in 2023. Opening day is tomorrow around the bigs. We will break that down here in hour number two, as well as pretty much everything else you need to know in the sports landscape. But let's start with what else is happening on this Wednesday. We have mentioned multiple times, less than two weeks remaining in the NBA regular season, that stretch run, about three weeks remaining in the NHL regular season before the marathon that is a sprint, the Stanley Cup playoffs. And right now, the Boston Bruins are the favorites to win Lord Stanley's Cup as they have been the best team, a wagon all season long in the National Hockey League. They could have last night clinched the President's Trophy, which goes to the team with the best regular season record, the most points accumulated throughout the regular season. Boston was favored to at least get a victory. They needed to win and have a Carolina Hurricane loss to clinch the President's Trophy. Uh, Well, Carolina lost. We'll get to that in a second. Boston did not win. They lose at home, rather shockingly, to Nashville. Two to one. The Bees were a minus 335. Yes, minus 335 money line favorite yesterday at home inside TD Garden against those Nashville Predators. They enter with 119 points on a seven game win streak, but they did not get the victory. So, despite the fact in the next game, the result they needed to happen did in fact happen. Carolina losing at home against Tampa Bay. In fact, the Canes were shut out as the Bolts go on the road to Carolina and win for nothing. Boston still does not get to clinch that president's trophy at this moment. But when you look atop the Eastern Conference, these two teams, Tampa getting that 4 nothing victory on road ice last night in Carolina, are certainly going to factor into that Eastern Conference postseason conversation. Carolina still the second best record in the Eastern Conference, the second best record really in all of the NHL. And Tampa has that postseason pedigree. The Avs won the Stanley Cup last season, the two years prior to that. It was the Tampa Bay Lightning. So as we look at the Boston Bruins, a historic season, overperforming even on the loftiest of preseason expectations. They have already clinched the Atlantic Division. They have already, as things stand currently, seem to be very well positioned at least to be getting that President's Trophy as well. However, what does winning the President's Trophy mean for your shot of winning an Eastern Conference Championship or perhaps Lord Stanley's Cup? The 2013 Chicago Blackhawks, the last team to win the President's Trophy and to win the Stanley Cup. A bit of a curse if you claim the regular season's best record. Now, we go to the world of tennis. Two really big events back-to-back here that are not Grand Slams, 
but the thing just right below it. The Miami Open continuing to play out right now in South Florida. And two leaders right now on both the men's and the women's side looking for what our stat man Joe Frizo tells us is the sunshine double. First, we welcome in our Sports Grid radio audience here. The second hour of the morning after live right here on this Wednesday. Sirius XM Channel 159. All of our radio terrestrial affiliates now in the mix as well. I am Ben Stevens. So Carlos Alcaraz won the Indian Wells Masters out in Palm Springs just a couple of weekends ago. That was the men's championship. Elena Rabakina won the women's title at the Indian Wells Masters. And yesterday, both were in action at the Miami Open in the quarterfinal. Rabakina, a very heavy favorite, gets the victory to advance to the semis. Carlos Alcaraz, a heavy favorite against Tommy Paul, advances to the quarterfinals on the men's side. Carlos Alcaraz this year, 17-1, and but don't forget, he didn't play in the first Grand Slam due to a knee injury. If he wins this week in Miami, or later this weekend, I should say, he retains the world's number one ranking. A heavy favorite against Taylor Fritz is Carlos Alcaraz in their quarterfinal matchup, and Alcaraz is an odds-on favorite to win the Miami Open on the men's side. Elena Rabakina is also the favorite to win the women's title to complete that sunshine double at both Indian Wells and in Miami. Next week, a huge week in the world of golf. A tradition unlike any other. It is the week of Jim Nance, and it begins on Saturday at the Final Four in Houston, his final Final Four, the National Championship on Monday night, and then he goes to Augusta, Georgia for the 2023 Masters. There is nothing like it. The official, unofficial, I should say, unveiling of spring. Right before the Masters, we have the Valero Texas Open this week. We'll get some handicapping thoughts there in the week, in the week leading up to the Masters. But as we look at where things stand, in the major championship right now. And the front runners already to win that green jacket, Rory McIlroy, trying to complete the career Grand Slam. He has never been victorious at Augusta National. Right now, a favorite. Seven to one, just a couple of cents ahead of Scotty Scheffler. And John Rahm, also a triple-digit price at plus 850. Three golfers already the week out from Augusta have a triple-digit number to win that green jacket and to be crowned a champion in Butler's cabin two Sundays from now. Let's talk some golf. We do that up next here with Cam Rogers, live on the morning app. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The week before the week. Next week is the 2023 Masters. As everybody heads up Magnolia Lane to Augusta National Golf Club in Augusta, Georgia. But this week, the final event on the PGA Tour before the first major championship of 2023. It is the Valero Texas Open. So joining us here on this Wednesday live on the morning after on Sports Grid. It is Cam Rogers, our PGA Tour expert, here to share that insight of what you need to know this week before the first major of the year. Cam Rogers, of course, the host of the Lock It In podcast for Believe and doing some TV work for Stadium, as we found out in the commercial break as well. A great show on Friday night. It's all the handicapping that you could desire. Cam, thank you so much for taking the time to join us here live on the morning app. 
What's going on, Ben? Always to be, always great to be with you. And I love your intros. They're always fantastic. Appreciate that. That's very kind of you to say, Cam. So let's focus right now on TPC San Antonio, the golf course this week, the track for the Valero Texas Open. Because Cam, when you start your handicapping for any given PGA Tour event, it's not just recent success for a golfer. It's how their game suits whatever course they are playing this week, hopefully for 72 holes on the PGA Tour. What does the casual golf better need to know about TPC San Antonio? Yeah, really unique event here. Obviously, we have a difficult golf course. We're talking about a golf course over 7,400 yards, par 72. We've got champion Bermuda grass greens. The greens are some of the hardest to hit on the PGA Tour at a 58% clip. So you better be mm. good in greens and regulation, which is obviously in a very important stat when we get to the Masters here next week. So suffice it to say that it is a good warm-up for guys who are already qualified for Augusta a week from now. Also, the big storyline, too, a lot of the guys in this field this week are vying for that Masters invitation. If you win this week and you are not already qualified for Augusta, you're in. Ricky Fowler included. So a lot on the mm. line for these guys here this week. And one key stat that I'm looking at, which is usually the case, but certainly this week, hot iron play are you coming in really crisp with your irons jj spawn jordan spieth Corey connors andrew landry all of those guys coming into this week those winners of course the past four years very good with their iron play and i'll say this too this is the week to get fun in the outright market jj spawn was 150 to 1 to win entering this mm. tournament last year spieth 12 to 1 chalk not playing this week Corey connors 200 to 1 andrew landry 200 to 1 have some fun in the outright market. This might not be the most robust event on the PGA Tour in terms of those big brand names as a lot of focus is already on Augusta. But there is that idea, Cam, of people trying to earn spots into the 2023 Masters. And a name we all know very well is Ricky Fowler. You mentioned it, Cam. A victory this week. He will make that trip to Augusta, Georgia. He has the second shortest price to win the Valero Texas Open outright at 16 to one behind Terrell Hatton, who is the favorite currently at plus 1300. So Cam, how do you use motivation this week in Texas trying to get to next week in Georgia? Well, sometimes when you factor in the motivation for these guys, they almost put too much pressure on themselves. And that is the cautionary tale here with Ricky Fowler. Obviously, he's playing fantastic golf right now. And I actually do like him for a top 10 finish this week. But I can't go there in the outright market only because I could see him maybe putting a little too much pressure on himself to perform here this week. And then if you go off of the data for the last four years, five years, six years, you're seeing long shots after long shots win at this tournament. And I think a big reason why is a lot of the best golfers in the world are not playing because they're already qualified for the Masters. So the differential in talent from one golfer to the other is razor thin, even more thin than a regular PGA Tour event or an elevated PGA Tour event. So in that sense, Vegas struggles to set these odds, and that's why you have these 200 to ones winning this golf tournament. So I'm polling for Ricky. I'm sure you are too, Ben. Will he win this week? It's possible. Am I projecting it to happen? Probably not. So, Cam, as you think about this week in San Antonio, who has the best week at TPC San Antonio? Who is your pick to be the champion of the 2023 Valero Texas Open? 
My pick to win, 72-1, Ben Martin. Perfectly fits the long shot trend here, yet he's playing great golf. Honda Classic, mm -hmm. T5, Punta Cana Championship, T8. That's a weaker field event, much like this week. Pebble Beach, T13, another weaker field event on the PGA Tour. He's four out of five in cuts made at this event as well. So this is me having fun because next week it's down to business. It's chalky. Yep. You can't go crazy in the outright market with the Masters. But this week you can do that. Ben Martin, my pick to win. So Cam, we saw the board right there. Let's keep diving through. It's not just about winning this week. If you are on the cusp of getting to Augusta, maybe already qualified in the field for various reasons. Cam, who do you think has a good week in Texas and they try to use that momentum entering next week at Augusta? Well, I do like Ricky Fowler here for a top 10 this week. I know I said everything about him putting more pressure on himself and what have you, but that doesn't mean he can't finish top 10 in a field like this. He's made nine consecutive cuts with three top 10s, seven top 20s in his last 10 starts. Iron game, again, rapidly improving. He is the class of this field, and I say that because there are injury concerns with Tyrrell Hatchin right now, along with Hideki Matsuyama. So I kind of put them to the side right now. I really like Ben Griffin for a top 10 as well. He's been super steady on the PGA Tour. He's made the cut in 14 of his last 15 starts, played well in windy conditions at the Honda Classic and the Arnold Palmer Invitational. I think that bodes well for him here this week, considering... We're playing in Texas. What's the deal with Texas? Wind. So I like Ben Griffin in there for a top 10. So Cam, let's go back to that board here very quickly because it's not just about next week at Augusta National. We want to find some profits and some value this week to build a bankroll so we can yes. put a ton of money on the 2023 Masters. When you look at a couple of the prop categories like top rest of world player, who is your pick and how do you break it down? I'm eating the chalk on this one, but I really do like Siwoo Kim to get it done at 5-2-1. He used to be super volatile with his results on the PGA Tour, but he's showing fantastic consistency this season. One missed cut. I was surprised when I saw this. In 12 starts so far this PGA Tour wraparound year, and a lot of that has to do with a, a really good driver. He's putting the ball in play, Ben, which is key this week. And B, a pretty decent putter. Winner earlier this year at the Sony Open. I think Wiley is a corollary course to TPC San Antonio. You play well at the Sony Open. Typically, you play well here. So I think the chalk is worth eating. 5-1 to one Siwoo Kim to get it done. Top rest of world player. And to win Group B, some of those group components on FanDuel as well. Cam has Matt Kuchar at a plus 230 number. All right, Cam. Eight days from now, they will tee off in the 2023 Masters at Augusta National Golf Club in Augusta, Georgia. Being eight days away, looking at those short numbers for the favorites in Rory, Scotty, and John Rahm. What are your thoughts for the 2023 Masters at this moment? It's always so hard to split hairs with these guys, but here's the deal. Top 20 in the official world golf rankings. If you're outside of that, cross them off your outright list. Top 20 in strokes gained T2 green. If they are not inside that top 20, cross them off the list as far as outright is concerned. Two guys I'm really keeping an eye on here. Patrick Cantlay at 21 to 1 is a beautiful number there in the outright market. And then Tony Finau. One of these guys, I think, is going to break through in the major championship department. Maybe two of them, mm. both of them this year. 
But those are the two guys that I really like here in the early going. When you look at the odds as well, there is a man that will stock the grounds at Augusta. We anticipate his name is Eldrick. Others know him as Tiger. That would be Tiger Woods. 55 to 1, the price on Tiger at this moment. We'll have plenty of breakdowns for the 2023 Masters next week with Cam Rogers as well. Cam, thank you so much for your time as always. Opening day is tomorrow in Major League Baseball. We preview it next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Keep looking at my watch as we get ever closer to the start of a new 2023 Major League Baseball season. Just under 27 hours away from the start of opening day in the first pitch that will begin things here in 2023 all across Major League Baseball. Welcome back to a Wednesday, the day prior to opening day on a Thursday across MLB. You are here on the morning after live on SportsGrid. I am Ben Stevens and one of our favorites from one of our favorite media companies, Just Baseball Media, Aram Layton joins us now live right here on the morning after. Aram, I can only imagine your excitement and the anticipation that continues to build for opening day tomorrow. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on the morning after to preview everything we need to know for tomorrow and the entire course of this MLB campaign. Oh, thank you for having me. I feel like I'm getting the opportunity to preview Christmas morning here, and uh, I'm really excited. Usually, I feel like I'm counting down the days with the World Baseball Classic. We kind of got through those final co- like weeks leading in a little bit quicker, um, and, and I'm just really pumped up for this season. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. We hope to continue some of that enthusiasm to carry over from the World Baseball Classic into this Major League Baseball season. And again, this continues a streak now for the Just Baseball folks live right here on the morning after. Peter Apple, Jack McMullen, now Aram Layton joining us here to preview Major League Baseball. All right, one of the first games up on opening day inside Yankee Stadium. The game that I am coining Aram, and I don't think I'm probably alone in this, the arson judge battle between the New York Yankees and the San Francisco Giants. The Yanks, a home favorite tomorrow. Garrett Cole will be on the bump for the pinstripes. Of course, Aaron Judge is back in the Bronx as well. The 16th ever captain of the New York Yankees organization. So, Arm, what can we expect from the opening game of opening day tomorrow at Yankee Stadium? Yeah, I'm excited to see Garrett Cole because I, I think this is something that uh, I, I, there was – kind of going into the offseason we thought oh Cole's going to have a lot of help around him in the rotation there's not going to be as much importance on his performance like there was last year and then here we are with Rodon going down Severino going down Montes going down and now all of a sudden it's all on Garrett Cole again and I think this is a big statement game for him obviously the the, the value isn't great when you look at the money line but uh, this is a Giants lineup that is missing Mitch Hanniger you know Michael Conforto is going to be playing for the first time in what feels like 10 years. I think there's going to be some rust to shake off in this Giants lineup. And I'm, I'm also really interested to see how Logan Webb does now as a ground ball pitcher yeah. and shift limitations uh, in, in today's game, you know, going into this year. But I'm excited to see what Cole's going to do. And I think this is going to be a big statement start for him. Remember, he he was fantastic down the stretch last year when, when he pretty much had to put the team on his back, at least on the pitching side of things, uh, especially in the postseason. 
all year long last year. We focused on the tier of two at the top of the American League. It was the Astros and the Yankees duking it out for that top spot entering October baseball. Once again, Arm, as we start 2023, the Astros, the reigning World Series champions, are the favorites, plus 280, but less than a dollar in front of the New York Yankees, a plus 370 price on the Bronx Bombers. Arm, as you look at the American League pennant odds, who would you make, if you were an odds maker, your favorite to win the AL pennant for 2023? Yeah, I think they've got it right with the Astros, and I know that's that's the easy answer. Uh, but, I mean, this Astros team, yes, they lose a Cy Young winner, uh, but I think they've done every, everything possible to, to hedge that uh, in losing Verlander. Of course, they've got a youngster in Hunter Brown coming up who I think can make an impact. Framber Valdez and Christian Javier are fantastic, and hopefully they can get something from Lance McCullers this year. But I look at what they've done on the offensive side, and yes, they're going to miss Altuve for a little bit. But to get Jose Abreu, who just fits like a glove for this team, to get Michael Brantley coming back, who really barely played for them last year, uh, and then Jeremy Pena with now a year under his belt. And, and I think Bregman had a really big bounce back season last year. I love this team. I, I think they're going to be really tough to beat. Uh, and, and I think they're the, the easy favorite in the American League. Uh, but there's a few other teams that I think are, are priced a little bit too far long shot wise that I think could give them a run for their money. Took the words right out of my mouth. A pro's pro, that is what Arm Layton is. So who are those teams within the American League, Arm, that you believe might be a sleeper and maybe a challenger to the Astros atop the American League? Well, it's the team that was actually probably the biggest challenger to the Astros last year, right? It's the Seattle Mariners who took them to what felt like 35 innings uh, in, in that initial round there. And and honestly, we thought it was more of just a, man, can these Mariners hit? Like, can they figure it out? It was really, this was the first team that was able to keep the Astros bats at bay. No one could really hit against that Astros pitching staff through the postseason. And what did the Mariners go out and do? They go get a Teoscar Hernandez, who will be one of their better bats. They're going to have Ty France now fully healthy. They get A.J. Pollock to hedge some of the concern maybe around Jared Kelnick, who's looked fantastic, by the way, this spring. Mm -hmm. And then the pitching staff, it's one of those that's just going to keep getting better with the maturity of Logan Gilbert, with the maturity of George Kirby, two guys who I think could be legitimate number three, number two type starters who they only really need to be three or four type starters on top of Robbie Ray. I love the bullpen. I think this team is super deep and at 10 to one odds, I think the Mariners are a great pick there. So when you look at the American League West, the Astros are a heavy odds on favorite minus 185 now in the preseason. The day prior to opening day, the strongest odds of any team to win any division in all of Major League Baseball. But the M's do have that second best price. So we talked about the American League co-favorites in the National League as well. The Dodgers and the Braves at plus 380. Arm, as we look at these two teams atop their two respective leagues at this moment, and then you bring in the win totals, who do you think is the best team right now on paper entering the 2023 Major League Baseball season? I like the Atlanta Braves. I really do. This team is so deep, and it's unfortunate that Kyle Wright goes down for you know the start of the season here, but here's the craziest part. We were debating who's going to make that fifth rotation spot, who's going to grab it, Dylan Dodd or Jared Schuster, two really impressive left-handed pitching prospects for the Braves. Well, guess what? Now both of them plug in and they're able to kind of figure that out naturally, which is just a testament yeah. to their depth. Then you look at the offense. We know how good this team is top to bottom. I think Matt Olson's going to have 
a bounce. It's weird to say bounce back. He hit 34 home runs last year, but I think he's going to have more of a Matt Olson year this year. Austin Riley, I think, is blossoming into an MVP candidate, and I love Michael Harris. I think he's one of the most dynamic center fielders in the game. Uh, this Braves team is really, really talented. And also, remember, Ronald Acuna gave them very little last year for Ronald Acuna because of that knee really was affecting his swing. He looks all the way back too. if they get MVP caliber, Ronald Acuna, they could have a several different MVP candidates in that lineup and a talented pitching staff. And then if they can get anything from Mike Soroka, Ian Anderson, those guys are their seventh, eighth starters. It's, it's criminal how much depth they have. And then their bullpen is insanely talented as well. It's really hard to poke a hole in this Atlanta Braves team. Aram, as we looked throughout the winter, it seemed like if there was a talented player across Major League Baseball, either offensively or on the bump, they were headed to the National League East. Trey Turner, now a Philadelphia Philly. Justin Verlander joins the staff for the New York Mets. However, some injuries have taken away a little bit of shine from this division. The Braves are the even money favorites, plus 100. Of course, the New York Mets will go the distance this year without their closer, one of the best in the bigs in Edwin Diaz. Reese Hoskins injured late here in spring training. He is probably going to miss the entire Major League Baseball season. And Bryce Young, at or Bryce Harper, excuse me, at least will miss some time to start off this new year. But Arm, when you look at the National League East, in your mind, is it still the best division in baseball? I really think it is. It's it's tough to find a more competitive division here where it, the, the Phillies might finish in third and everyone's still going to be fearing them in the postseason. Uh, and and yeah. you could easily make the case for the Braves and the Mets to be the, the two best teams in the National League right alongside the Dodgers who look relatively for a Dodger scale, the most vulnerable maybe they've looked in, in a couple years here. Uh, the NL East is going to be a bloodbath, and especially because it's not like the Marlins are some pushover team either. You know, this is a team that's projected to win, you know, mid-70s game, but their over-under win total I think has jumped as much as anybody's in MLB, and they've got the reigning Cy Young winner, and, and they added some offense with Luis Arias, so they're not going to be a total, total walkover. The Washington Nationals probably another story, but this is a really solid division overall, and, and I don't really know if there's a more contentious one other than maybe the American League East. And right now, Arm, you are in South Florida, and that is where the Marlins will start their 2023 Major League Baseball season, hosting the New York Mets and Max Scherzer. You mentioned the reigning National League Cy Young winner in Sandy Alcantara, a slight home underdog tomorrow against the Amazons, but Scherzer, Alcantara to start 2023. Arm, is this a dream start to a Major League Baseball season? Oh, man, I, this is what makes opening day so awesome is, is you just get to see a future Hall of Famer and the reigning Cy Young winner just square off here. And and what's amazing is Sandy had a sub two ERA, I believe, at home last year. He's really tough. But if there's one team that wore him down, it was the Mets. And I know that the, the way he is, uh, that's, this is exactly what he wants. He wants the team that gave him some trouble last year on opening day. So it should be a really fun battle between Scherzer and Sandy here and uh, this is a Mets team, though, that I think is going to want to come out and make a statement against the Cy Young winner, and it should be a really good battle. Another really good pitching matchup up in the Pacific Northwest tomorrow. A team that Aram highlighted, the Seattle Mariners, may be making some noise in the American League. The M's with Luis Castillo on the bump, hosting the Cleveland Guardians. Shane Bieber gets the start for Cleveland. How do you evaluate these two teams? You gave us your thoughts on Seattle, but Aram, only about 40 seconds left in this segment. Can Cleveland make some noise out of the American League Central? 
I, I absolutely think they can. The injury to Tristan McKenzie is such a tough blow, uh, but this team is still so deep with with pitching, and I think they'll find a way to piece it together. Upgraded the offense, elite bullpen. The Guardians will always hang around, and I still think they're going to find a way to win that division. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch them this year. Hopefully they can get McKenzie back quickly. The White Sox were an odds-on favorite entering last season, now the third best price. Arm Layton, sleep tight tonight, rest up. And then get ready for what you coin Christmas Day. Opening day to a new 2023 Major League Baseball season. We appreciate your time as always. More of the morning after up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Tomorrow is opening day in Major League Baseball. It's the start of a new season. Hope springs eternal. For some teams around the NBA, hope is dwindling, or maybe it expands as we get ready for the playoffs in the association. Only 11 days remain in the NBA regular season. Time to break it down now. Live right here on this Wednesday on the morning after on SportsGrid, as Terrell Furman joins us here from the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, a frequent contributor to the grid over the past few weeks. Terrell, we appreciate your time here on this Wednesday on the morning after. Hello, hello. You know where I'm trying to start the day. You know exactly where I'm trying to start the day. I came here and told you the last time I was on the show how much they let you down whenever you least expect it. And oh my gosh, 130 points to this team that has no Bradley Beal, no Kyle Kuzma. Terrell did tell us. Huh. He did tell us last I, week. I mean, and great minds think alike because in the rundown in our production meeting, this is where... We start as well. Boston, that being the Celtics, on the road last night in the nation's capital against the Wizards. Terrell Furman said he would haunt Boston from his grave if it meant that he could spend a little bit more time hating on the seas. Well, last night was a good night then for Terrell. Boston, an 11-and-a-half-point road favorite in Washington, lose to the Wizards by 19 points. 130-111 in favor of of the Wiz. No Bradley Beal out there, but Kristaps Porzingis, 32 points, 13 boards. So, Terrell, knowing your bias in this situation, Boston still, with the weird loss last night, had won three games straight entering, five of their last six. What is your actual confidence level in the Celtics the remainder of this regular season, obviously with the postseason on the horizon? Oh, I can I can show you my confidence right now. I'm, I'm totally ready here to show you my let's just uh, get me some good rest because i know i don't have to worry about the boston celtics doing anything at all whatsoever because oh my gosh this team is just a complete up and down team the second half of the season and i can't trust the coaching because you have joe missoula who was calling timeouts from the opponent's three-point line you have this team that obviously cannot rally together and hold a Wizards team that led struggling to score the basketball. Two of their best scorers out to 
130 points? Really? You held 130 points? Denny Avdia looked like an all-star out there last night. He had a double-double. Like, I, I truly don't understand how you can have the confidence in this team when you look at how Philadelphia is playing down the stretch with Joel Embiid in the lineup when James Harden is healthy. I look at, shoot, even the Knicks are playing decent basketball, and that's saying a lot. So, I mean... I think that they are not a team where they're going to go and get upset in the first round. But if you're expecting another finals run, like the majority of this state of Massachusetts is right now, I would get your hopes up. It's really, really hard to make the finals twice. It's super hard to make it how you look this last second half of the season. Terrell, did you have that pillow handy or did you know you would use it to describe your confidence level in the Celtics here in their outlook for the postseason? Oh, no. So I had it handy, ready to go because I knew I I just knew that this is what I was going to get asked. I knew that I had to make sure and let everybody know that it's okay to fall asleep on the Boston Celtics when you get to playoff time. Don't don't try to ride the train like you did last year because you will be severely upset, and there's going to be a point where we're going to get them as a favorite in a playoff series, and it's going to be two-to-one odds for the other team, and we're going to hammer it, and we're going to win. That could happen in the opening round, depending on how the seeding takes place in the Eastern Conference. Right now, Milwaukee, a two-and-a-half game advantage for the top spot over Boston. The seed is sitting in second, and that really is the distinction from the odds perspective as well. The Bucks, the favorites to win the Eastern Conference crown, plus 125. The Celtics, 40 cents behind, plus 165. Greater than a $3 drop-off to Philadelphia, Terrell, at plus 480. How many teams, realistically, Terrell, do you think can win an Eastern Conference championship this season? I think that we are down to honestly James Harden and Doc Rivers connection and the ability Mm. of either one showing up in a game Mm. seven just can't give me the it can't give me the confidence of saying the 76ers. So I really think it's only one and it's the Milwaukee Bucks. Like, I truly only think it's the Milwaukee Bucks. I have them slated to make it to the finals. I don't think anybody can beat this team in a seven-game series. I've been saying this all season. Even when Boston was going on their crazy run, I still said I don't think that they can beat Milwaukee in a seven-game series, and I stand by that. And it's just the defensive intensity of this team. Giannis Antetokounmpo is one of the best players in the league. And if he wasn't so good, he would be in the MVP conversation. But because he's so good, he's not in the MVP conversation anymore. He's getting so- – kind of that LeBron treatment, that Kobe Bryant treatment of, oh, you're too, too good. We're not giving it to you. And so I really, really can't see this team fully healthy with Chris Middleton this go-around losing a seven-game series to anybody in the Eastern Conference. Right now, when you look at the Western Conference, incredibly jumbled. The East, not so much. The Knicks pretty firmly positioned in that five spot. They're four and a half back of the Cavs for the four spot, but a two and a half game lead over the Nets and a three-game lead over the Heat. A 14-point loss for Miami last night, Terrell, on the road up in the Great White North in Toronto. And because of that, the Heat remain in the seventh spot, the top seed in the Eastern Conference play-in tournament at this moment. Miami still on the road. A five-point road underdog tonight on the second leg of a back-to-back inside the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden, against the Knicks. Knowing the Knicks a five-point favorite, pretty firmly in that five spot, but knowing the motivation for Miami. Terrell, how important is this game for postseason positioning in the Eastern Conference? 
Oh, it's super important, especially for the Miami Heat, who are currently sitting a half game back of the Brooklyn Nets in the play-in. Because, and not only is it important for the Miami Heat, it's important for whoever ends up the three seed. Because I don't think that, you know, when you're talking about Jimmy Butler, Eric Spolstra in a playoff series, Miami Heat is the team that you do not want to face if you're the Philadelphia 76ers, who look like that they're probably going to firmly be in that third seed spot. You don't want to play that team because guess who knocked you out the playoffs last year? Yikes. So I have... It is super important, not only for the Miami Heat to, one, avoid the play-in, but for the Philadelphia yep. 76ers who are saying, I would much rather play the Brooklyn Nets right now than the Miami Heat. Certainly so. The Heat have that postseason pedigree. They have been a member of the Eastern Conference Finals two of the last three NBA seasons. Speaking of those Sixers at home tonight, currently a four-point favorite is Philly as they host the Dallas Mavericks. Of course, availability is of top concern for both of these teams. Right now, we do have player point props for Dallas. Both Kyrie Irving, 24 and a half, and Luka Doncic, 31 and a half, have a number. There are no props out just yet for Philadelphia. So, knowing all of that, Terrell, what is the approach tonight in the city of brotherly love? Oh, man. This is a tough one, and I think that where I'm leaning here is I'm actually going to lean to the Dallas Mavericks side of the ball with this one. And there's a number of things. First thing is I, I automatically picked up on reverse line movement going towards the Dallas Mavericks. So I don't know if somebody knows something of Joel Embiid not playing in this game or if they're actually still giving James Harden points to the spread and the fact of his questionable status. I don't think James Harden should be giving points to the spread anymore, but, you know, they mm-hmm. may be doing that. So uh, you see 93% of the money on Philadelphia opened up five and a half all the way down to four now. So you got a one and a half point line move. That's significant. That shows me sharp money on Dallas here. And if you look at the two teams and how they match up, they're about pretty even in most stats. 20th in pace for the Dallas Mavericks, 27th in pace for the Philadelphia 76ers. I expect to see a slow pace game. 26th in points per game for the uh, Dallas Mavericks, not Dallas Mavericks, for the 76ers, and 17th for the Dallas Mavericks. But that defense, the defense of the 76ers, and if they're able to show up, is going to be the defining factor in this game if the 76ers can get it done. However, I think that it's just too many outside options for the Dallas Mavericks where you can dribble and drive with Luka Doncic on a pick and roll. You can have Kyrie go towards the rim, and you have all these outside shooters, Jayton Hardy, Josh Green, Tim Hardaway Jr., Reggie Bullock, all this outside shooting that can really, really give Philadelphia problems today and just add the fact of, Dallas is hungry. They need this. They need to have a good showing tonight. Yep. They snapped a four-game skid just a couple of nights ago on the road in Indiana against the Pacers. Right now, the Mavericks still on the outside looking in at the Western Conference play-in tournament. They sit in 11th. However, they have the same exact record as the team ahead of them, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Both the Thunder and the Mavs are 37 and 39. We'll look at the Western Conference standings in just a moment. Two teams that really aren't all that much 
in danger of the play-in. I mean, the Clippers aren't necessarily out of it just yet. Face off tonight. The Grizzlies, who have won seven straight games, Terrell, including four consecutively without John Morant, take on the Clippers tonight. Memphis, a slight favorite in this matchup. When you look at these two teams, Terrell, with the playoffs so near and dear to our heart, who do you think can make more noise in the Western Conference postseason? Oh, it's... I, it has to be the Memphis Grizzlies for me. It has to be the Memphis mm. Grizzlies for me. And the issue with the Clippers is availability is the best ability. And because availability is the best ability, they haven't had any ability for the past few seasons. And it's the fact that I do not know who's going to play. Is We say that Paul George is going to make a return. Is he really going to make a return? How is that going to hold up for them in a seven-game series if Paul George misses even one game? let alone multiple games in a series, and you're just leaning on Kawhi Leonard to go in there and try to recreate some 2019 magic with the Toronto Raptors. So I think that when you look at the Memphis Grizzlies, everybody talks about this team and how they haven't won anything, how they are just talk, how you talk about everything John Morant has going on. Like, everybody's writing them off, and we forget that they are the two seed in the West. This team is good. They eat off of the negative press and all of the bad PR and all of the talk and the Draymond Green on the show. And everybody hates Dylan Brooks, but somehow when he talks, he plays better. And so I think that this Grizzlies team actually truly can make a run to the Western Conference Finals and really be a giant killer. So I'm expecting the Grizzlies to have a pretty favorable path being the two seed. And that's really the next step for Memphis, backing up the talk in the postseason with playoff victories and playoff series wins as well. The odds would agree with you, Terrell. Right now, Memphis, the fourth best price to win the West at 6-1, to one, but $3.50 in front of the Clippers. L.A., a plus 950 number. As we look at the teams in the Western Conference play-in tournament, Terrell, we mentioned the Dallas Mavericks just on the outside looking in. Is there a play-in team potentially that you think can also do a little bit of action here in the Western Conference postseason? I mean, you sit there and the Lakers are interesting. And it's because we it's the okay. thought of the unknown. And what is this team exactly when LeBron James is back in the lineup with the new additions that they have from Utah, from all over this team? It's a brand new team. So I think the Lakers is the easy pick of just saying, hey, LeBron's one of the best players in the league, and now he has a team around him. Lakers 16-1 to win the West, the sixth best price. A two-and-a-half-point road favorite tonight in Chicago for the Lakers against the Bulls. Terrell Furman, thank you, as always, for your time. More of the morning after, up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Closing out our two hours together here, live on this Wednesday on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, all across the SportsGrid network as well. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here live on this Wednesday. Tomorrow is opening day in Major League Baseball. Friday, the Final Four begins in Dallas in the 2023 Women's NCAA Tournament. And then on Saturday... Talk about a jam-packed schedule. The Final Four in Houston, Texas for the 2023 Men's NCAA Tournament as well. I think there is value just because of the idea of first-timers 
in the Final Four. We'll discuss that up next from a variety of options that you can have entering this weekend for the Final Four team, still standing in hopes of becoming a national champion in 2022-23 in the big dance. So before we say farewell and before we say goodbye, it's time to look at the national title odds for the college basketball season. It's time for Bye Bye Bye. Because of what the market is telling you right now, Connecticut is the heavy odds-on favorite, relatively, at least a minus-money price, at minus 125 to win a national championship. UConn, of course, faces Miami in the nightcap on Saturday in Houston. The Huskies have been dominant. This is no knock against Connecticut. They are a five-and-a-half-point favorite. But it feels like the other side of that bracket, the left side, in the first Final Four matchup we have, between Florida Atlantic and San Diego State is being slightly slept on. Both of these teams in their first ever Final Four. Both played in their first ever Elite Eight appearance. This is the second ever trip to the big dance for FAU. It is a very short number. It's one and a half points in favor of the Aztecs. However you see that game going, I would grab a piece of their national championship price. They're probably going to be at least a five and a half point, six and a half point dog against UConn in that national championship game. But the money line will be shorter than the price they currently have to win the title. That does it for a Wednesday live right here on the morning after. We'll be back tomorrow, Thursday, 9 a.m. Eastern time.